we're good. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Admitting It. (laughs) Yeah. Did you? I mean, hopefully the audience doesn't like that one more than they like mine because I can't keep up with that. Let me put some bass in that. Well, the Andersons can do it all, <laughs> except for me. Um, <laughs> so this is your host Nettie, and I'm your host Dee. And today we have um, my uncle D on the on the mic. Well, Uncle Derek, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, I'm Derek Anderson. I am formerly um, from Inglewood, California, born, Inglewood. raised, um, played uh, a lot of basketball in my day with a lot of uh, famous L.A. guys, um, got a scholarship, uh, won a scholarship uh, or earned a scholarship to, uh, to Boise State after being um, recruited by... Over 125 schools or so. Oh, wow. And then um, I chose Boise State because I didn't want to go past the Rockies, really mm-hmm. close to my family at the time. Uh, the um, I, I'd actually taken you. At that time, you could only have three visits. And I had already visited um, University of Colorado and Utah. I, I decided not to go past the Rockies and so that eliminated everybody else, mm-hmm. all the other schools that were um, that that were interested. Um, anyways, I chose Boise State, and um, turned out to be one of the best decisions I've made because I know my dad. I got a scholarship for for USC, and and my dad wanted me to uh, to consider um, playing at USC, but I didn't want to stay at home. <clears throat> I was done with that mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. So the long story short is, um, I, I I go to Boise. I, I spent four years in Idaho. had a, had a good you know had a, had an average um, career in uh, college basketball. But better than that, I had the opportunity to meet a lot of good friends, a lot of people, learn what education in college was all about, um, and um, made. Boise made uh, a big impact in my life more than more than I uh, originally thought it would. So, um, mostly Idaho was mostly at that time about sixty percent Mormon. So there's a there wasn't a lot of African Americans anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, um, the 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 socialization, the uh, uh, learning to be a an athlete uh, and, a, and a, an athlete that was also a scholar. So it, it, it takes most people a little while to get comfortable with that whole notion because there's work. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of work in school and, and your high school is way different than colleges and, what, and most people aren't prepared. Mm-hmm. So especially... Um, not no we're we're not all created the same not all educational systems are the same and i know that um college or you know college is easier if you've gone to like a prep college mm-hmm. so i didn't have the, the, oh, like the, college the prep high school right mm-hmm. i didn't have the, i didn't have the um the liberty of go of uh, doing that so we went to uh, morningside high school and um 
I, I can't say that they didn't prepare me. They prepared me as much as I was ready to mm-hmm. be prepared. If that makes us, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. still pretty good student overall. Yeah. But I uh, went to Boise State. It shook me up really quickly mm-hmm. because you you not only have to keep your scholarship, mm-hmm. you also want to be want want to participate. You want to start. Mm-hmm. If you're competitive, mm-hmm. you want to start. And so now you have to you have to create this this space um, because you know you're still the face. Basketball is a little bit different than football. Mm-hmm. Football, you're a number. There's like 55 mm-hmm. of you per yeah. team. In, in basketball, everybody knows who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're a captain or you're a basketball player because there's only 12 of you. Yeah. And really, you know, people know the top three or top five. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're, you know, if you know the other guys, then they're your cousin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're your friends. They're your right? friends, yeah. Yeah. But, I guess um, it's different, too, when you go because, like, I feel like you went to a really big name school as opposed to, like, Monterey <laughs> we like a lot of the students didn't care if you were on the basketball team or you were on somebody's team you were like still at a status level yeah I don't know if Boise State was a you know we were still division one I don't think it was a you know, from for from my perspective the big schools were Pac-10 schools, okay. which is now Pac-12 schools mm-hmm. but you know UCLA is a school that every kid in Southern California wanted to go to um, USC was football school so didn't want to go to the football school, want to go to the basketball school. Um, if And think about this. Less than 1% of, of kids that play um, high mm-hmm. school basketball get, gets an, get an opportunity to go to some place at a higher level play and get their education paid for on a scholarship, football mm-hmm. or basketball. Those are pretty. Those are pretty slim odds. Mm-hmm. So you have to really focus on what you're doing mm-hmm. and, um, and be committed. Mm-hmm. See, that's the challenging part about um, our job as recruiters, especially when we're recruiting African-American students, is especially African, African-American male students. Mm-hmm. They all want to play sports, or majority of them want to play sports. And, um, you know, yes, it's great that you want to play sports, you're a great athlete, but what, order, what other options do you have, you know, in terms of your scholars um, or being an academic? Because I think so much, like, I remember um, I had uh, friends that I went to high school with. And so when we graduated and we started pursuing our academic careers, I'm in college, I'm reaching out to some old friends and we're talking. And the ones who pursued football, who didn't go into football for whatever reason, they were, like, crushed. Mm -hmm. They were, like, just stuck. Mm -hmm. You know, they kind of went into depression because this is what their life centered around. And that very thing that their life centered around was no longer progressing. There was no longer a future in it. So how do, you know, you make these, mm-hmm. how do you prepare these athletes to be more focused on academics? When one, I would argue, coming from certain households in the urban community, not a lot of parents have gone to college themselves. And a lot of parents in those communities also push sports onto their children because they know that it's a a get you out of a ticket to get you out of the hood or whatever, and rightfully so. But I think it's just um, intriguing and it's challenging sometimes to try to get an athlete to look outside the box, especially when you're 17, 18. You're already not thinking that far ahead. All you see is whatever it is that you see at the time. So. That mm-hmm. is a very good point. 
Do you want to you want to continue on that thought? Um, I actually wanted to ask a question about that because I'm just thinking back to Paul's interview earlier, and he talked about a lot how <clears throat> his coaches didn't really prepare him or anybody on his team really for a career, push them into like majors that would have like helped them and um, like in life if they weren't gonna play basketball. And so I'm wondering if that was your same experience when you played in college and you what you all don't know yet is that my uncle Oscar had a very successful career um in IT in the tech space before it was like a booming career <laughs> before it was booming yeah so in, in my opinion mm -hmm. and as Dee said earlier based on your family backgrounds mm -hmm. and some people have and a lot of african-american families well some of them don't have a nuclear family mm -hmm. meaning you know, mom and dad sometimes mom is actually you know she's actually taking care of both those roles mm -hmm. that's a very difficult thing to do mm -hmm. and and for example my dad was always present I'll, but and my but he was present when we needed him he took mm -hmm. us he took us to, um, he got us into John Wooden camps. He got us into other camps that, uh, that, that were around Hollywood and other places. Uh, even where we're sitting, we, we were playing basketball with, with, with different people, ages, cultures. We were doing that. So, but he would be, he was the impetus of doing mm -hmm. that. And, and my mom worked. So they both worked. My dad had two, three jobs. Granddad had two, three jobs. Mom had, you know, mom had the responsibility of being a glue which most mothers are, mm -hmm. they're the glue of the family, and they, and they, they want you to do whatever you want to do. Right. So I think, and I'm getting back to this, it's up to, I think everyone has within them this song. And whatever that song is, it's part of your soul, it's who you are. So I loved playing basketball, I'd play every day because I loved it, but I also wanted to be good at it, mm -hmm. right? And like, you know, like anything else, I think, you know, like if you're playing the piano or it doesn't matter, tuba, whatever you want to be, you, you got to practice it. But you have, but it has to be something that's resonant in your soul. It has to be a passion because that's the, what else is going to be your driving force? You can talk about driving force, but mm -hmm. it's different. So those seeds are planted in us, whether we go to church or if you don't go to church, you have maybe a favorite aunt or an uncle or your grandparents, somebody, your friend, somebody said, you know what, you're good at this. You can be better. And so they planting those little seeds actually gives you the, uh, the, the impetus, but it gives you an opportunity to, to review all of these things that, that, that if you don't, even if you don't have that song, in your soul but if you have it already in your soul then you can you can make plans to do it mm -hmm. right? nobody has to push you to do it because you want to do it mm -hmm. you also have a in this day and age you have to be competitive which is the way it is yeah <laughs> but let's leave competitive out of it if you do your very best mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter what it is if you do your best your very best every day within that uh basketball or within academics you have to do something every day so in order to be good at it you gotta you know you gotta focus on it and you have to be competitive you gotta be hard on yourself um one thing that um 
you hear basketball players say, you know, the pros, and those guys are at the, at the very top. They said, I would hear Julius Irvin say things like, when you guys see me on the court doing slam dunks, I've not only thought about what I did in my mind, but I practice it all the time. And so that was, and what you're seeing is a manifestation of what I have been doing and thinking about all my life. And it's the same thing. So my coaches, I'm going to get back to the original question. My coaches was only going to be as good as I allowed them to be. Mm-hmm. I had to go and get, I, I didn't want my coaches getting my, you know, getting, get, registering me and doing all these other things. You know, sometimes you want to go through that stage, mm-hmm. but I knew what classes I wanted to go to. And, you know, they were difficult courses too, you know, and, and I probably bit off more than I can chew. As mm-hmm. a result of that, I actually, um, my freshman year at Boise State, I sucked. Mm-hmm. In fact, yeah. it was so bad, you know, it was so <laughs> bad. I think, I mean, it, it was like, there was two, but I'm just... I, holding myself accountable at this because I had accounting, I had math, I had English, all these. And I was also learning the environment. I was also doing all these different things. I mean, I had to go to speeches, you know, and you and, and you have to go to practice. You got to go to class all the time mm-hmm. and you got to study, right? I was doing too much. Mm-hmm. And so when I, at the end, it wasn't, it wasn't like I didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. I just chose to ignore it. Mm-hmm. But I had never gotten a D. I'd never gotten an F. I'd never gotten an F. And at, at the end of that semester, I mean, I barely had like a, it was barely a 2.0. Barely. Wow. If that. Mm-hmm. But I had, I'll never forget the pit in my stomach. But I knew that what I didn't want to do is I didn't want to go back home to my, I didn't want to go back home to my community. Even to me, because I hadn't failed at something like that before. Mm-hmm. So now I had to kick it in gear. So after that semester, I kicked it in gear the next semester, and then the rest is the, the rest is history. But I never put the onus on my coaches or anybody else. It's up to me. Yeah. If it's going to be, it's got to be up to me because, um, and I need to ask as many questions as I possibly can. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because I have to make it close, I have to make it to class, I have to make it there on time, mm-hmm. and I have to do my own work. Because the minute, and we see this happen a lot, we hear about all these college things happen with like tests, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know we, this is already in the news about USC, Stanford, oh, and all of these kids, and all their parents <laughs> actually paying for, paying for them. Look, this has been going on for centuries yeah. in yeah. England and it's it's called nepotism it's called it's called money it's called everything else the, the point is is that you can either help people you can mm-hmm. you can you can feed a fit you can feed a man for a day or you can or you can teach him how to fish mm-hmm. and you can feed him for life mm-hmm. but they have to fail and fail failure Failure long term is not an option. Mm-hmm. We're gonna fail at something. Of course we are. Yeah. Right. So you're gonna fall, fall hard. That's fine. You learn something. You get back up the next day and you do it all over mm-hmm. again. And and my career was like basketball. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't finish at Boise State. I went to I went four years at Boise State. Didn't finish. I had there was three coaching changes in three years. I was mm-hmm. done with it. 
there was there was a lot of stuff going on too because I was the team captain. I had mm -hmm. actually done all of these, you know, and, and the new stadium was there, new Taco Bell Stadium was there. I mean, I really wanted to play there. Mm -hmm. But after the third coach, I was like, okay, so I'm pretty much done with this situation anyways. Um, didn't feel that that way. So I decided to play basketball in other in other realms. I, I did some other things. I satisfied my basketball, but I also satisfied my education by by going by getting work in the IT space and the in the IT space um, I luckily got an opportunity there I was also I was also doing some IT stuff um, in, in banks I got into corporate I, I got um, I was assessing schools so I got my my undergraduate and graduate degrees from the University of San Francisco um, you know, over, over like a 10 year period. And it was the best thing I've ever done mm -hmm. because it was the best thing for me that I, I knew that there was, that I could not continue to be all just so close to a degree right. and not get one. Right. The other thing is, is that, and this is makes a competitor for life. I always think if that person can do it, okay. I know I can. Right. Yeah. And that is impossible that I cannot do that. And, I'll, and the great thing about life, we will all find a way. Right. Yeah. So let's, get, let's go to a career path. Mm -hmm. So before IT was, as, as you said yeah. earlier, before IT was something, I mean, I loved to solve problems. Mm -hmm. And I was also, and, you know, and I was also one of the only African-Americans in the building in the areas that I was, I was at Tandy Computers. There was only a few African Americans, but I was one of the. Uh, I, I because of my personality, because I was in sales, because I'd like to satisfy um, uh, and and complete orders, whatever the order was. You know, pull that cable. Um, you need to fix this monitor at the time. I mean, these are right. these were real easy. I mean, before the PC was out, we had these mm -hmm. TTY terminals with the big terminals here that were green, <laughs> and then you had, you know, and you had the patch panels, and they were the they you would run the cord from the monitor, which was everything, all the way to the mainframe. Mm -hmm. I mean, we did we did every everything they asked. And then when the computers came, nobody knew that much about them. It was the wise yeah. computers, and, and I was with Tandem, and I'll, I'll never forget. I learned so much, and I, I, I thought to myself, I remember I asked them how to print a file. And they said, how do you print a file? Here's what you do. It was TGAL in, file name, and out, print, right? And wow. it was like this long series. <laughs> it was long. Just, it was a long command. Uh, the just to do that. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> Uh, and it made Microsoft and everything else, uh, or it wasn't even micro. It was Microsoft. It was Windows 1.0. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it made that all seem um, really like simple. Yeah. But that was the best education I had. Um, and if you want something badly, you have to go get it, and you have to actually stay at it the entire time mm -hmm. because because there's so much fruit. There's so much experience to learn. You learn through people. You learn through experience. You learn through failure. You learn, and this is what our life's about. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about graduation. I'll never forget the – it was a big day for me to graduate with my graduate degree because 
I remember looking at somebody in, 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 at Tandem computers, computers, and I remember when she said she had her graduate degree, and I, I chuckled inside. I'm like, mm-hmm. I said to myself, there's no way. There's no way this woman actually has it because of some of the conversations I've had because of, mm-hmm. and, and, but any, whatever that impetus is to actually get you and to, to drive to a place and sign up to get more education, you need to do that, right? Mm-hmm. But most people know the formula or they know the ingredient, but they will not take the time to actually bake the cake, mm-hmm. bake the pie, make the turkey the way it's supposed to they don't do it. Mm-hmm. And and it is either you do it or you don't. Don't, yeah. Either you have the degree mm-hmm. or you don't have the degree. Either you did something or you don't. They're not going to ask you why you didn't. Mm-hmm. But the juice of life, in my opinion, is our belief systems. Mm-hmm. And our belief systems are, are so important. And some... Some people who are based in religion, whatever that religion is, um, and I particularly think whatever belief systems you had, and Jesus Christ said this, it is our beliefs mm-hmm. that actually make us who we are. If you had the, and he says this, that if you had the, um, if you if you if you had the faith of a mustard seed. You mm-hmm. tell that mountain to, to actually get up and leave and it will do so. That's, that's, that's a figurative uh, speech, but it really isn't. Mm-hmm. Physically, a mountain is not going to you move unless we do it. But we're talking about, he was talking about the mountains in our lives. Lives, yeah. And a lot of times we, we, we make these molehills mm-hmm. out of mountains mm-hmm. because we don't understand and a lot of things we don't have to stand. We just have to sign up. Yeah. And we have to we have to know that it's going to be rough. Mm-hmm. Um, my graduate teacher said this. There's a bunch of you guys in course in this course, um, and a, and a lot of you guys will not be here at the end of this mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know they said it a lot, like on the first day of class. Right? And I'm just like, all right, <laughs> but here's, it's true. Here's the funny thing: the people I thought. That was going to last mm-hmm. and be there. Mm-hmm. They did not. Right. Yeah. And then every excuse, and mm-hmm. they may have, they may have graduated, whatever. But the people I didn't think had a prayer. And here's here's how they did this. They never stopped. Mm-hmm. And no matter how bad that Jesuit teacher got on their case about their presentation, their work mm-hmm. ethic, anything, <laughs> they did it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I saw the biggest smile. I saw their parents there. Mm-hmm. My parents were there too. Yeah. You know, the, the, but the point I'm making is our belief systems are so important. They are. And, mm-hmm. and no one else, no one else can give you that except for you. Mm-hmm. And so that objective, that belief system mm-hmm. is the most important thing we're going to get because at the end of the day and we at the end of the day we have to also know that we're going to have these partners in our life mm-hmm. that will help us do things that will share things with us stories right. uh, solutions and we have to be able to walk in these doors because if you don't walk in the door now mm-hmm. you're going to walk in the door at another time it's mm-hmm. like seeing a movie Mm-hmm. The first time. <laughs> it's like it's seeing a movie the first time. I know, I'm a time. I know, you're talking about it. It's a time. Yeah. So, 
I have so many really interesting, beautiful stories, but they all they all begin with a thought. They all begin with a with a purpose, with a with a desire mm-hmm. to do something more than I've done before. Sure. Yeah, I've always wanted to travel. How much mm-hmm. travel do I do now? Three times uh, yeah. a year at least. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's least Italy, Asia, Australia, Canada, you. France, you name it, we've gone there. And I've gone there. And that is one of the things that I wanted to do because I didn't want to be 75 mm-hmm. and be traveling. Mm-hmm. Also, I, you know, I have, to, I have to say that these people in my life, these beautiful people in my life, also open doors mm-hmm. for me. And we can't do this alone right. because we're not here alone. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sorry, so I was going to ask, I know there's, <laughs> there's so much, I want to like stay on the topic a little bit about your career. Sure. So it sounds like you, was your, when you worked at Tandem, was that like an internship? Was that the job that kind of got you interested in tech? Or what, what was that like moment that you were like, okay, I think I want to do a career in tech. And then what were your, like your steps to get there? Okay. So I was at Boise State mm-hmm. when I was an industrial relations major. And they had computer science as a minor. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? I'm going to try computer science. Mm-hmm. Can't be too hard, right? And they give us the IBM cards. I mean, you don't guys don't even know what that is. But <laughs> is that we, the little floppy disk drive? No. no. Uh, oh, okay. These were actual stack cards that oh. actually had these programs written on them. And this, and so once you were done with your program, you would feed it through the IBM computer. It would come out. It would tell the compiler would tell you whether you were wrong. Right. Oh. That was old, old school. Where they <laughs> yeah. had the big tubes. But um, but that's how it goes. So anyway, that's how I started. I'm like, I'm thinking, wow, that's kind of intriguing. I kind of want to do it. And then once I got out of uh, Boise State, I sold. I, I I was at an Apple dealership for a little bit. I sold some computers, and then um, you know, I, I always had this bug in the back of my. And because I thought it was interesting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. got into height. I, I was already working for when I was in high school. I already worked for a uh, a bank, mm-hmm. and I was, and they allowed me to run the check sorting machines. And at one point, I think they were pretty easy. I was running two of them at a time. Mm-hmm. It was an easy like job for me. I thought it was easy. Right. Long story short, when I came back up, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I didn't want to. I knew I wanted to do something else, and by happenstance, I just I was going back up to Boise State to actually finish my degree. But I but I ran into I I went up to see my girlfriend at the time. Her name was Gail. I won't say her last name, <laughs> but we ended up getting married. Okay, we got married. Silicon Valley wasn't even a thing at that point. Mm. Um, I got a job at a bank. I got a second job someplace else. They said, Derek, I like your work ethic. When you when you get more skills, come back. And I did. Got the skills they asked me to do. They, uh, the, the woman was true to her word, got me the job right away. And at that point, I started off and I was a tech guy, meaning I was just... Um, fixing computers, doing lines, do whatever I could do to, to and then and then things just built from that point on. Mm-hmm. Start taking these programming courses outside it, outside, start asking a lot of questions. 
and um, and within and what so it wasn't an interim job, but it was my attitude. It was everything else that um, that prov- mm-hmm. my drive that people looked at me. Wow, mm-hmm. I want that guy to actually fix my 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 printer or my computer. Him only it was the VP mm-hmm. of uh, the VP, and and so I got this reputation around there. And then when things went south with uh, with a situation. Uh, that has to happen to be with my, my my managers. I was gonna leave Tandem, but there but there was um, a friend of mine who said, "Hey, we really like your work. We have a position open. Let me ask my manager if if this is okay. If you could interview." And then that start that particular area started my programming career. Mm-hmm. So I got in the I got in a door that mm-hmm. didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So these are the, these are the, some like these miraculous things that happen, mm-hmm. right? So that's how it happened for me. At that point, I, I got my, I, you know, I finished, um, after about two years, I finished my degree at uh, University of San Francisco, um, which helped me tremendously. It helped me be a better communicator, a better writer, um, a better presenter. It it really fulfilled a hole that I that I, I was actually missing, and I mm-hmm. was in my was in my late twenties, twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight. So 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 that meant a lot to me uh, because now I had this degree. Now I had some power. Now I could move. Right now mm-hmm. I had some leverage in different places. And when Tandem didn't want to do, didn't want because I was in the same spot for about four or five years, mm-hmm. and I was doing a lot of reporting, a lot of real, you know, sophisticated things. And when that didn't happen, and so then when they, when I didn't get jobs that I should have got or promotions that I should have got, I, I didn't want to leave Tandem, but I did. And then that was the best move I had ever made. So high tech for me, if we're looking at in terms of career. Mm-hmm. It was a great career for me, something I fell into that happened to be, I happened to be very good at it. Okay. And I I really loved doing it, but I don't look like a high tech guy. (laughs) So most people come in, they, Mm -hmm. and and I, as I was interviewing folks, they would go, they would look at me because I'm six, five, right? Mm -hmm. Six, five and a half. And they were looking at me, "Uh, what, you can do that? (laughs) Yes. I mean, it was almost like, it would almost be like right. uh, they were expecting a pocket protector, glasses, <laughs> jeans, you know, high water jeans yeah. and these tight shirts, right? But I came in, like I always do, mm-hmm. you know, dressed like I'm in, you know, like I was from L.A. because that's my style. I wore no socks at that time too, so but I had to wear them in the interviews. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you yeah. weren't showing no ashy ankles now. You know, Granny would have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they were absolutely um, um, oiled or lotioned. But you know, it, the, the the great thing I met so many wonderful people through through that channel of IT, mm-hmm. and um, and then that, and so right now, so that was twenty eight years of. Hard work. Right. It wasn't that. I mean, it was. It was really like 80, 90, 100 hour weeks. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow, that's a lot. That is, that is sounds is. like my job right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not as often, probably, but it, I have. And I, and I think like things have happened. When when you're good, people give a lot of work. When mm-hmm. you're not so yes. good, or and and I also have to say sometimes when it, when you're not so good. Then they don't give you that much work. Mm-hmm. Your your manager might give you work, but um, 
work comes to you because they know you'll A, get it done, B, mm-hmm. you'll get, know you get it done right. And C, I wanted to be on bigger projects and learn different things because mm-hmm. if I did, that means I had more value, value. when I left that job. I think that's a really good point that like I really want to I really want our listeners to hear is it's not always about the job that you have. It's about like learning how to do all these other projects and being in this job and having this opportunity so that you can have more skill because if I got hired as well, I'm an admissions officer. So I got hired as an admissions officer, but all I ever did was read applications um, and did my primary duties, but I never tried to go out and plan an event and try to connect student orgs on campus to come out and talk to students. I don't have really any value. And when I've left, I've learned no other skills that could get me any other jobs outside of that field. So I think that's a really important point um, that like students should hear is just because you work at McDonald's or UPS or wherever, it's not a low-skill job. You can learn other things. So it's about befriending people in other departments so that they can bring you along to different like tasks and, and put you on different projects because they'll be able to see your skill level and then that will allow you to be able to do different things. And what's your advice for like students? Because again, you know, us being recruiters, we talk to students all day long. Um, we're... I personally get students are interested in computer science or information systems which kind of are interrelated or connected they're certainly connected Mm -hmm. yeah but you know they're offering us two different programs so Mm -hmm. obviously there is a difference whether Mm -hmm. it be minute or something Mm -hmm. um but you know what would be your advice if you were starting all over again in this day and age or if you came across a kid who's like man i want to do what you do or you know how could i get involved in that what would you advise them i would advise them to that's a very good. That's a very good question. I would advise today's kids to n- not only um, work at the school. If you want to be a, if you want to be in the high tech industry, you have to learn high tech skills. So right now, there's JavaScript. There's a, there's all these different languages. There's and there's tons of them now. But there's but you can and now you can start. Because everybody has a computer. You can start on your phone. Mm-hmm. You can start on your computer. You can start anywhere. You can start on the web. You can design web pages. You can go to design school. It, and if you're looking, if you, if you don't have the qualifications, then what you need to do, you need an opportunity. And so you need to be able to talk to people. Because some people, not everybody has the opportunity to go to school because mm-hmm. they don't either have the money, they don't have the means to get there, they don't have a lot of things. So so today people in Ireland are working jobs that um that uh, that, that American or uh, other European countries need skills for. Um so they'll have to actually get to someone who under, who's in the industry, have an interview with them, mm-hmm. and then move, and then try to connect with that person, you know, every week or once a month, right? But you can get, you can look at other career um, services to actually help you get in to do minor things that touch IT first. Mm-hmm. That's what you, but if you have a degree, if you do have a degree, there's a lot, there's lots of different ways that you can actually get in. I see we see this all the time in Silicon Valley, where somebody's son is trying to get in, but they can't get in because they don't they don't have experience. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. And that's the other mm -hmm. issue. Exactly. Do I have experience? Mm -hmm. And so certain jobs are looking for it, but that it that way when people say they're looking for experience individuals, any recruiters. I was a recruiter. I was a technical recruiter for like 2 years. And so anyone that says they're looking for in my opinion, they're always looking for Superman. Mm -hmm. That's the guy I want. But they'll take they'll take Wonder Dog <laughs> if you keep asking them what they really want. Right. Like okay, so they need all this stuff. Okay, so if they so if they have you got 10 you got 10 requirements here. What if they what if they have eight of those requirements? Would you would you possibly think about talking with somebody that has eight requirements? Absolutely. Yeah, yes. Would you consider six? Mm-hmm. You know, I might. Would you consider interviewing that person if they if if they were sharp, they were on time, mm -hmm. they spoke well, they and their and their goal was to be a CIO or the top, uh, you know, the top director for this IT division, would you accept that? And so yeah. you're looking so, so Sorry, no, wait, before you went on, what's yeah. a CIO for anyone who doesn't know? The CIO. The CIO is the chief information officer. Okay. So it's a CEO, yeah. I mean, I so it's all those C types, right? right. Mm -hmm. right. So CEO, CFO, the CEO is a yeah, chief executive officer. The CFO is the chief financial officer. That's right. Mm -hmm. And and so they 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 ordered this up, the CIO, probably twenty years ago, mm -hmm. and and it didn't exist before because mm -hmm. IT was a stepchild for a long time. Uh -huh. There was a, and now. You cannot run your business without okay. IT. Yeah. No, you cannot. Because, because we see it all in our apps and everything else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So today, we, we, have, we have way more flexibility to get work way more than we did before. Mm -hmm. Times 50,000, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Because now, if I have an idea, I can build an app. Mm -hmm. right. And you can think about it all day long. I mean, like these young kids are multimillionaires because they thought of an app. Yep. Isn't that amazing? So the only thing limits people is their thoughts, their thoughts. Okay. in their minds. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and if you if you have a goal, like, look, this is a universal principle, and I'm not, I'm going to go into this a little bit. If you have a goal, mm -hmm. and if you concentrate on that goal all the time, it be, it, that thought has to turn into a manifestation at some point. Mm -hmm. and, the be, and, and that manifestation is just like a muscle. The more we actually lift, lift yeah. the more we use it, the better we get at it. But if we don't use it, mm -hmm. it's like anything else. Yeah. It's like anything else. And some people, some people get this. It's, look, it's a natural part of life that's been given to us. You can call it religion, call it whatever you want to, but people do it through prayer. They mm -hmm. manifest whatever they want to. Mm -hmm. So whether it's a job mm -hmm. or relationship, mm -hmm. but I know we're talking about, I know we're going to keep this thing tight within yeah. education. Yeah. Education, it's the same. Mm -hmm. yeah. But education, my education helps me in ways that I cannot explain to you because it opens all these doors and people look at my frame, they look at me, oh, you're a basketball player, you're this or that. And then when I say, Oh no, I've done way more than that. Mm -hmm. My career now is an estate planner. Mm -hmm. hmm. I write wills and trusts for people. That's cool. I have a 
quick question as we begin to wrap up. So you know how you were talking about you work for Tandem and they were um, transitioning into Microsoft 1.0 and stuff like that. Yep. And you work with different, um, you work in IT in different fields and different careers. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we can all see, the the world, the web is is fast. The the thoughts that people are manifesting are, are becoming greater. Mm-hmm. Um, Tesla, you know, solar energy, all mm-hmm. these sort of things are, are really intriguing. Um, based on your experience working in IT, can you foreshadow or do you have like any insight into what other sort of things we may be able to look forward to in like the future or anything like that based on what your thoughts are what you with overall high tech mm-hmm. or overall like so the sky's the limit when it comes to solving problems mm-hmm. we're always going to have problems sure. and that is just the way it is and so we look so our 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 earth is begging us to stop with all of the factory uh, with all the manufacturing of fire uh, mm-hmm. or um uh, the manufacturing of of a lot of different or Using materials that's not good for the earth. Yeah. Plastic bottles are one, two, three. We see. We so we have this hole. So we so we can we can put satellites in the space. We can control them. We can do all these things. But what we need to do, and and the problems we'll probably be solving more than than technology with through technology is how do we save our earth? How mm-hmm. do we how, you know, we, we have global warming. We have all these things that's going on. So I think tech is going to start turning to biotech to actually answer some of these questions. And mm-hmm. we're looking at scientists. We're looking at all these other areas. We have so many areas to actually do this. We're using high tech in our lives as George Jetson did, you know, in the cartoons sure. back 30, 40, 50 years Alexa, ago. Mm-hmm. Right, I right. know. Oh, right. yeah, I know. <laughs> it really is. And so, and in Star Trek has it, you know, mm-hmm. you know beam me up, Scotty. But think about what's going on mm-hmm. here. It's someone has to actually, just like Elon Musk, someone has to take right. a step and says, exactly. I can do better. Mm-hmm. We don't need, we don't need fossil fuel. In our earth, no, we don't need it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now we have other. We 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 have another way of capturing energy so that we don't have, so we can get off the grid and not use it. We still we are stuck in 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 high tech and we cannot live without it. Mm-hmm. We can't. Yeah, yeah. It's just like you leave your phone at home. What you gonna do? Turn back around and uh, get your phone. One hundred percent. It's your GPS. Yeah, right. It's your GPS. It's your address book. It's your your it's your encyclopedia. Right. And this thing, what I was there when the internet actually, and I'll never forget this. And I didn't. No one could have perceived how big the internet internet could have been, except for the inventors. Nobody, I had no idea it was going to be this big and nobody knew Google was going to be this big or, or Yahoo. And I'll never forget having a job opportunity to go to Apple back in 2002 when, uh, when they didn't have a solution for anything. Remember the Napster? Remember Napster? You guys, you guys are too young to remember this. Napster was a place where everyone would gather and grab uh, the songs and then, and then they would actually... Um, Basically, steal songs or use their oh, computers. Oh, kind of like LimeWire. 
guess. <laughs> probably, probably did. Yeah. Yeah. It's called. It was called LimeWire, but you can like type in a song mm-hmm. and it will download. Download mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Right. So if it, so I so Apple solved that problem by saying, "Hey, look, let's be good to the artists who created this. Let's mm-hmm. give them their props by giving them." some money because they created it. Cause you know, these songs still come back. James Brown doesn't matter. All these songs. So Apple solved that problem with first a product, the iPod iPod. Mm-hmm. So you can play all of your, you mm-hmm. download the music, you pay 99 cents or you pay eight bucks for the album right. and you're mm-hmm. giving money there. Oh, and since you're doing that, Apple has a product. Mm-hmm. The iPod, you can download it here. It's secure. Right. We'll back you. We'll back it up for you. What? And then they went to the phone. Mm-hmm. So you see the you see the evolution of thought. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. evolution that when they said when they said to me the first time we're gonna have all these apps that that would do this this and that. I laughed because at the time I had a flip phone. I'm like, <laughs> you guys are out of your mind, right? <laughs> but I was in high tech. I was at as I was Adobe. You know what? I I believed it, right? And so Google, all these places have done a wonderful job. There is such the opportunity the only opportunity that 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 people don't get are those opportunities they don't seek mm-hmm. so you can't tell me today in today's age that you can't go get a job mm-hmm. where you start is not where you're going to finish right mm-hmm. and and through your way onto a job whether it's high tech or whether it's finance or whether it's law, if you're interested, there are opportunities for you. Black, white, Mexican, it doesn't matter what your culture is. It doesn't matter. It is if you're in different countries because some certain countries don't allow certain people to do certain things. We're in America. And I'm not saying we don't have any issues here that we do, but the biggest issue we have is us. Mm-hmm. Once we get past ourselves, you know, it's like I sing too, right? I, I, I sing. I had to get out of my brain that everybody was looking at me differently or wasn't saying anything right or wasn't on the right tone or it didn't. It's this whole thing, music. Once I quieted the mind and said, once I got past me, mm-hmm. everything else flowed. Right. It's not like, you know, it, it, I'm an amateur at music. Mm-hmm. Still love it. Um, but it's this, it's this whole thing of, what do you want to experience next, mm-hmm. which makes life great? And it works in everything that we do. And I'm glad I found that particular, uh, you know, particular um, item that allows me to live a very fruitful life. And as for all you athletes out there and all you people who want to do more, believe in you. Believe in the people that um, support you. Support other people as well so you can mentor and help them. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, we have to keep teaching people how to fish. Yes. 
I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Uncle D, for coming on, sharing all of your insight. Um, as you were saying, you got to believe in this. Like, I wanted to play uh, The Wiz, Believe in Yourself, <laughs> but I don't have the rights to the song, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, but yes, thank you for coming on and sharing all your wonderful nuggets. Um, and that's it for this episode. I'm realizing that we keep forgetting to drop our email. So if you all have any questions for us that you want to ask any of our guests, um, you can always email us at admittinit. And that's A-D-M-I-T-N-I-T at gmail.com. And we'll make sure to put it in the bio as well. Um, and we are going to be so happy to answer any of your questions on air. And with that. One more, one more. Yeah. Can we do admitting it together as a yes, song? Yes, yes. Ready? Yes. One, one two, two, three. Admitting it. <laughs> <laughs>